Hi, we're here for another Page One podcast. I'm Mark Woods, and I'm here today with Beth Reese Cravey. Hello, good th- to be here. Thanks for being here. On your your Twitter, Twitter bio, it says, Times Union writer, preacher's kid, Clemson grad, wife of Eric, mom of Lachlan, and Nelson the Wonder Dog. Yes, exactly. So that sums it up? In that order, yes. <laughs> I was going to ask about the order. Yes. I was going to... Best car would be the one with the Clemson sticker exactly. in the parking lot. Well, the only one. Yeah. <laughs> as far as I know, yes. Um, but yes. Um, I wanted to start by mentioning an award you're getting this week. Um, the Nonprofit Center of Northeast Florida is giving you the Nonprofit Advocate Award um, that, quote, celebrates the achievements of an individual or entity that fuels positive public awareness and champions lasting impact, which I think wow. says what you do that is cool that is certainly the goal of what i do <laughs> <laughs> um so that was where i was going to start was by asking you how many years you've been at the paper and what different yes. roles you've had and what you tell people you do here okay. i've been with the times union since 1987 oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> i was in the brunswick georgia bureau and then i came downtown and then i was i covered city council Jacksonville City Council for a while. Then I went to the Clay County office, stayed there a while. Then I came back downtown doing what I do now, which is cover nonprofits and some health stories and animal welfare, which don't all really go together, but that's just how it turned out. Right. Yeah. I mean, that kind of, I was going to say just last week was kind of uh, just another week for Beth. Um, we had, let's see, a story about a nonprofit to support young widows. Um, a story on the new Solzbacher village, a story about a mother's book that helps explain Alzheimer's diagnosis to Down syndrome patient, and a story this, about drone school, which yes. I want to go to drone school. That, I do, too. It was, it was very cool. And I remember thinking, they didn't have this kind of cool thing when I was going to summer camp. But it, it was very cool. And that's just one of the camps they have for kids that along the lines of the, the STEM science, technology, engineering, um, math, I guess it is, uh, to encourage kids to go into that kind of thing. So, so yeah, I wanted to ask you about each of those, but I was going to start by how do you decide? I often open the paper and go, oh, Beth had a story that I wish I had. <laughs> I wish I'd had that story idea. And, but you, you always tell, tell it very well. How do you decide, because um, I'm sure you get a zillion pitches. You do. And how do you decide what's what ones you're going to do, um, this would maybe help people pitch it to you, never mind, well, let for, them know what's important uh, for a story. Well, first I think, would Mark Woods do this? And then I, okay, yeah, I'll right. do it. <laughs> um, well, first it has to interest me, because I figured if it interests me, it'll, introduce, it'll interest a lot of other people. Uh, and also my editor has to have some interest in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think I've ever had anything really turned down that I really wanted to do. Um, but I tell all the nonprofits that and the health people that contact me that I don't want to just do a story about a program or a new this or a new that. I want human beings for I want who's going to be impacted by it, who will it help. Mm-hmm. If they can't give me a real human being, it, it, it really detracts from the story, I think. And people are more likely to read a story if it begins with someone real talking about their life and what they need and that kind of thing. Right. I think I tell people that... Um just because it's a, a worthy cause, that isn't in itself enough for us exactly. to do a story. That's wonderful. 
Um, but if somebody's giving a check of, you know, big check, that mm-hmm. might be worth something. But there might be a story about. Um, I always remember when kids doing this lemonade stand at Hendricks Avenue Elementary, mm-hmm. and you know they had a jar full of coins for this mm-hmm. classmate who. That yes. the amount wasn't what made me yes. want to tell that story. It was the story itself, exactly. and I think that's what you exactly. you find that are both worthy causes and good stories. Yeah, something compelling about it because we hear, we hear about tons of worthy causes, but and we can't just write about all the worthy causes because there's just too many of them. Well, um, but yeah, there needs to be a human being aspect to it, a good story aspect to it. So yeah, let's if I can maybe have you talk about these just these kind of give an example these four stories that were in the paper in the past week or so um the one about the nonprofit form to support young widows i like i like the lead so i was going to read it a lot um um don't tell them everything happens for a reason don't ask them how they're doing unless you really want to know and don't judge the answer and don't tell them you understand you probably don't that was a really nice way to lead into the story so tell tell people what the story was about uh and actually, I came across it on Facebook. It wasn't even a pitch. I, I just came across the the lady who formed the nonprofit uh, telling people about it on her Facebook page, and people had shared it. And I, one of my Facebook friends had shared it, so I saw it. And I thought, wow, that's compelling. Um, not just widows, but but young widows. And I thought that's you know when someone just suddenly goes, they haven't been sick, they're young, they're you know you think you got your whole life ahead of you together, and then boom, they're not there. So I went to their uh, organizational meeting, which could have been horrible you know organizational meetings don't sound very exciting mm-hmm. so i heard about how it all got together and what they wanted to do but then afterward i sat down with the founder and a couple of other of the young widows who were there and just started asking them questions and they just started talking about it about what it was like and they all said you know if people just knew not to say this or not to do that and um so i'll, I'll put that as part of the lead because we really don't know what to say or what to do, even in any widow situation, but much less a young one. Um, right, yeah, and the, the woman, the founder, Lindsay God, Goodwin, yes, is yes. 36, and yes. her husband died in 2016, yeah. age 39, when he was hit by a car. So yeah, stories like that. Imagine. And also, I'm always amazed where people like that are willing to tell me their story and their emotions and really get into the really deep part of it. Um, I'm just stunned how willing people are to, if, if it's going to help somebody else, they're willing to talk about their own their own grief like that. That was amazing. All right, that, you beat me to one of my questions. Mm. I was going to say, you, you're often talking to people who they're, they're going through a tough time in their lives. Is it hard to get them to talk, or do you find that they often want to talk about these Sometimes things? Sometimes it can be hard. Um, but usually if it's if they think it's going to be hard, they don't even agree to talk to me in the first place. So um, a lot of times when it's a nonprofit involved, they'll, they'll sort of find someone who's willing to talk to them, and they, well, maybe they'll talk to me too if they talk to nonprofit people about something. Um, but also, too, I think part of it is, is, is when they meet me, I, as, as long as I'm, as I'm, uh, I'm nice to them and... and uh, clearly are interested in their story and not just there to get an A1 story or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I take time with them, too. And I tell them, if this, if you want to tell me something, but maybe not have that in the paper, if, but if that would help me understand, that's fine. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to be as, as um, compassionate as I can while I'm with them. So that that helps, too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so let's talk about the other one was uh, another one was picture memories. Uh, a mother's book helps explain Alzheimer's diagnosis to young adult Down syndrome patients. So explain the story yeah. behind this story. Yeah, that was um, I think the a public relations person for the I'm not even sure who she was with told me about the book, um, and I said, well, first send me the book so I know what I'm talking about, and then. You don't want to just write about a book. You want to write about the people behind the book. So I met with the mother and, and her son, um, and they were both very compelling as well. Um, and both of them also, the, the the whole point was to get it out there so other families could have this this help, this help as well to, to explain this really complicated kind of thing. Right. Because it's not easy to explain to a normal person, much less someone who has a developmental delay going on. So... But they were both very helpful too, and then that came across well too. Yeah, so I mean, it was was a heartbreaking story that here, a young man who, what he was homecoming king, yes, very active, um, yes. independent living, mm-hmm. so you know, has Down syndrome, but obviously doing quite well, mm-hmm. yes, and yes. and then this you know Alzheimer's, and yeah. and then the stat you had in there, um, what was it? At least fifty percent of people with Down syndrome will develop Alzheimer's in their lifetime, which I didn't. I didn't, I didn't realize that either. Yeah. yeah, and I thought that jumped out at me, and that in and of itself is a is a story. But again, like if you just if that's the lead to the story, mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. that I continue on. But you, that's and why you, I, you you did a really yeah. nice job with and, this. It, and it, I thought talking about how it came up on them and how he'd been so active, but then he started forgetting things and not being his usual gregarious self and so um and and to find out that, that that's what it was and he was uh, i can't remember what his age was now 30, I 20 to 29 30. i think yeah i can't imagine and people with down syndrome t- tend to have a not quite as long a lifespan as the rest of us anyway so right uh, but uh it was it was very touching but but very sad too that yeah and then obviously this is another one that's uh tough situations but uh um Sulzbacher village but obviously uplifting hopefully yes, um an upbeat yes. story um and so yeah t- this opened just last week mm-hmm. the a permanent housing community for mm-hmm. homeless uh women and children in Jacksonville tell yes. tell the story of this and we had been we had been writing about it since the the idea first came up and I covered the groundbreaking and covered it when they were almost finished with it and the next thing they were going to have was a, a ribbon cutting which in and of itself is not all that you know we don't really like to cover ribbon cuttings because yeah. it's really it's just a group of people standing there so i told them if we weren't going to cover that but if you could find me a family who would be willing to talk to me on the day they move in since that's what it's about um initially found one and then she changed her mind and got skittish about it and then they found another one which was fine um but that told in a human perspective what what it was all about and what that kind of place means to somebody so yeah. 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 And that was a touching story. And it had, um, had a, let's see, uh, the part of the headline played off a quote that one of the residents said, I I look to, I like to look at it as divinely orchestrated. Yes. Divinely you always hope for a really great quote like that, some story that you can put in a headline or put out separately in a box or somehow that, yeah, that was a really nice quote. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then yes, the one I mentioned that uh, this summer camp that I want to go to <laughs> is uh, 
drone pilot race school. Explain I think they that. are, are going to have that kind Ad- of adult? thing for adults, too. Okay. Um, we'll have to ask them. Because how did I find out about Oh, a, a source of mine that I've dealt with on a lot of things before that I've known for a long time came across that and called me and told me about it. Say, hey, you need to cover this cool thing in the beach. So it took a while to get together because they were just really starting up and had to find a class that we could get in, that we could watch, and, uh, as opposed to an open house kind of thing. And um, But I think that one was more challenging for the photographer as far as getting, <laughs> getting shots of these little drones that speed around like hummingbirds. And was it Will, Will Dickey? It was Will Dickey, and he was he took a lot of shots, and he he got them to fly through these these tunnels as slowly as they could. So it would be, <laughs> but it was it was really cool to watch, and the kids were just having a ball. And I made a point of noticing there was just one girl in that particular camp, which I was which I was shocked by at this day and age. But and so was the girl, but she was very proud of herself to be there. So. Yeah, I, I had that. Fun with that. I have that highlighted in the yes, story because yes. that was a detail. I, yes. uh, you have one day she wore a T-shirt that proclaimed, "In a field of horses, I am a unicorn." Yes, it's another thing you hope for. That kind <laughs> of what we call color that you can put in a story that's not someone saying anything, but just describes describes what you were to describe. So was she wearing that T-shirt the day you were the there? The day I was there. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Sometimes things like that work out. We all need T-shirts like that, too. We do. We do. <laughs> I want to get one. T-U T-shirts, yeah. Um, no, that was a great detail. I really like that one. I wondered whether she was wearing it that day or mentioned it. Yeah. Um, but that kind of epitomized her her pride in being yes. the girl there. Yes, yes. Yeah. She held her own. She did. Um, so, you know, as we talked about, you know, some of these are uplifting. Some of them are sad. Some of them are a mix of, but they're, they're you mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of stuff human stuff going on i mean how do how do do doing these stories affect you i sometimes have wondered with our police beat reporters in the past i've said how do you i can wade into that like a a day or two but how mm-hmm. i find it hard to imagine doing day after day and to me this is different from this from that but it's still it's a lot mm-hmm. of emotional stuff how does it how does it affect you when you're Doing it can these be. It can be. It can be depressing if you take it home with you. And but, like you say, a lot of a lot of these stories have some element of hope or or progress or some sort of something there that that you can hold on to. Is not to be a totally horrible story. Um, and and the fact that all of them are willing to talk so freely to help other people that may be the only uplifting thing about it that mm-hmm. they're willing to go out there on a limb. To help other people understand something or help other people get through something. Um, like I say, I'm always amazed at the strength people have to to, to put themselves out there like that. Um, yeah. Because we can be scary, as you know. Talking to a reporter can be scary. Being having your picture taken can be scary. But <laughs> I'm I'm always amazed. Um, yeah. Well, those kind of stories often like make me want to. Stop whining. Okay, quit whining about your exactly. your commute or this or that. Exactly. Whatever I, I think. have the same response. Yes, <laughs> it, it puts you in your place, sort of too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. Uh, this one's kind of a tough one. You've done so many stories. Do any any in particular that stick with you? People ask me that. I can barely remember what I wrote yesterday. That's the, yeah, we do so many things. Yes, and once you once you do it, it's sort of forgotten, and you move on to the next thing. But, so any jump out at you um, though that you really have favorite stories? I think a to favorite story I mean, was really sad, and it, and it was about a dog. But <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it was about a dog who had a really rough life and was ended up at the shelter. And 
they were trying to train him and get him to be more adoptable, you know, more more uh, uh, temperamentally adoptable. They were making progress, but he, after a while, dogs, when they've been to the shelter a certain amount of time, they just sort of just stop. Um, and he was going downhill with his behavior. And one of the volunteers um, sort of made him her mission. And even when it was determined that he was not adoptable and that he was going to be put down, mm-hmm. she took him out and gave him a bucket list. She took him to the beach. She took him to restaurants. She took him home for a while to cuddle on the couch, you know, things like that. It was just devastating. But on the other hand, it was like, wow, there are people out there who do that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that was, that was, um, and that was, a, I think it ended up on the front page and had really great photos of, of her and the dog on the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it I really got that. people because I, the way I got into it was that he was going through all this and it was looking up and then the next line was but he still had to die or something like that which made people read the rest of the story <laughs> yeah I remember that one yeah. yes that I mean you're right it was horribly sad but it also made you feel good about this woman made you feel kind of mm-hmm. I don't know it, it's one of those sad stories it's in, in, in its odd weird way also yes. uplifting yes. yeah yes um, so that yeah one, so that one sticks with me yes so trying to end on a yeah happier note so the Back to Nelson the Wonder Dog. Uh, is that your 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 Twitter um, photo? Is is a dog? Is that Nelson? Actually, that is our earlier dog, Happy. Um, was a uh, a mix of a retriever and a Great Pyrenees. He was the best dog. Um, he was sort of a wonder dog too, but they're they're different dogs, you know. <laughs> he was a little more laid back than Nelson, the current wonder dog. Um, but since since Nelson's not here anymore, I thought I would give him a a, a, a place of honor on my, uh-huh. on my Twitter page. So, okay. Yes, yes. Okay. All right. Well, well, thanks to again to Beth Reese Cravey, and again, congratulations on the award that you're receiving. Thank you. And um, you can find her stories on Jacksonville.com or often on the front of either A1 or the Metro section. Mm-hmm. She's in there all the time. So look for the byline Beth Reese Cravey. Thanks again. Thank you.